Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argeris and this week I'm looking for the best dragon book. To help me are two high school English teachers, of course. Who knows more about dragons? <laughs> do you, out of all the jobs in the world, what job do you think knows more about dragons than high school English teacher? Uh, I would say the job of dracologist, which is a job that somebody has in my book. <laughs> wow. Dracologist. <laughs> dracologist you know it's legitimate because they don't call it a dragonologist how can you deny that 100 percent. nick if you're looking for a book about dragons i brought a 500 page book about (laughs) dragons um (laughs) 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 called dragon slayer written in 2020 joe you won't impress me with the length of your book (laughs) it's pretty big joe likes big joe's always trying to yeah i do feel i bet that 500 pages is right about the mean length for dragon books (laughs) i'm Go ahead and say, uh, um, uh, Joe and uh, flippity flap to you, Nick. Yep, that was respectively the sound of a fire breathing and a flying. This week, my name is Dr. Ian DeYoung, Dracologist Deluxe, and I bought a (laughs) dragon book recommended by Lithead Moret, the number one New York Times bestseller, Dragon Rider by former German social worker Cornelia Funke. Pretty good. Pretty good. I should also mention here that my book um, was also a Lithead recommendation recommended by Lithead Andrew. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> I just want to clear up that I said a minute ago that I said she was a, the author was a former German social worker. She remains German. She has not mm-hmm. ceased to be German. Okay. Uh, as right. far as I know, you can't you can't run from that part of your life. But she did she did stop being a social worker after about three years. Thank you for explaining those where those hyphens uh, are, are supposed to be. <laughs> That's what the lit heads come to the show for is <laughs> hyphen, hyphen placement. Yes. Uh, well, um, I'm very excited. This is our first triple recommendation. Um, oh, that's right. Wow. It's a big deal. Uh, the theme and both books are all recommended independently. Dragons uh, from uh, just uh, three loyal, very loyal lit heads. Mm-hmm. I guess what we can say based on this data is that what the lit heads want is more He's deep dives into Cormac McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, you know, I. You, they wanted a trilogy. They didn't know it when they made all these recommendations, but subconsciously they were hoping not only for their recommendation, but for two more additional ones. But I don't think I don't think the masses mm. could handle three dragon episodes. I don't think I mean, the thing the so. danger always is when you get into these kind of rhythms that you just turn into doing that only yeah. all the time. It becomes and, easy just to do dragons is what you're saying. Yeah. And right. then and Let's then all of a sudden we, we're known as the dragon boys. People mm-hmm. are coming up to, us, up to us on the street and saying flippity flap. They're making We t-shirts. love your dragon show. Yeah. Nobody's saying strongly podcast anymore. They're just all saying flippity flap raw. It's it's not We great. get our dracology uh, degrees. It right. just you becomes an honorary dracology degrees. Yes. People are honorary. sending us cookies in the shape of dragons. It's from just, Stanford. It's a slippery slope. No way. Yeah. What what college would it be from? It oh, would good be question. From Drake. It'd be from Drake. Oh, f- it would be from Drake. It would obviously but somebody be from- got it. Okay. Is that <laughs> a college? Is, yes. And I look up if that's a college. I'm Googling Drake college. 
just at a cursory Google, there is uh, Dragon Rises College of Oriental Medicine in Florida. Wow. <laughs> well, that sounds, like, to the episode that sounds into this. like they do like reflexology. That doesn't sound like necessarily wow. like a, okay. an accredited Nick, is university. A, Nick, is the, is, the name, is the name of it? Is it, does it really say Oriental? It says Oriental. <laughs> I'm just reading this website. How many white people do you think ran this that place is in, in Florida? Open it's we don't. They don't speak for us. But <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I bet they wear robes with dragons on them, like to te- the professors. Obviously, I'm talking about here. The, Did you the know dragon that in teachers. China for a long, long time, you are not allowed to wear like dragons on your clothes. Only the emperor was allowed Ew. to really it's like how all the swans belong to the queen right it's like all the dragons belong to the emperor and corgis well and all the salmons too if you take a salmon in in scotland uh you have to offer to the queen first but Mm -hmm. i think it's more because um the swans thing seems kind of kind of like a quaint little tradition my -hmm. sense of this dragon thing was it was it was in a long time ago and they're very serious about it they're like if listen if we catch you having clothes that contain a picture of a dragon Mm-hmm. off with your head maybe if we catch you wearing dragons if we catch you thinking about dragons if no, we no, catch no, no, you no. depicting no, no. You dragons can think about dragons you can think about okay, dragon, dragon iconography cool. we'll get into it dragon rises edu yep. get there now they teach <laughs> contemporary <laughs> chinese medicine what do you think uh, innovative think teaching methods and training of the art of Chinese medicine. These people would just lose it if an actual real life dragon just showed up at their dragon college once. <laughs> okay, this is, my favorite part of, <laughs> this is my favorite part of the website. All right, front page, big question mark. What makes us unique? I'm, I like the next line, which is located in Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> that feels wow. like it would make their Oriental College unique. You got the gist, Larry Lidheads. Uh, well, and welcome, uh, Lidheads. You don't know Lid to Weekly, or as we call it, Strongly Podcast. Strongly Podcast. Where every week a theme is selected by us or you. And preferably bring, by you. Preferably, preferably by, by you. you. So make those recommendations at you don't know at podcast.com. Submit a theme or a book recommendation that you'd like to hear. Um, and uh, every week, Joe and Ian will bring a book um, recommendation on that theme. And just to upset one of them, we pick a winner. And we have some show rules to keep us on track. Rule number one, only unavoidable spoilers today, gentlemen. Don't ruin these dragon books for us. Rule number two, omit needless words. Joe, that is just for you. And rule number three, got it here. Only winning matters. Only winning matters. Are there any sort of like in book competitions with dragons where they somehow in your books where they somehow Mm -hmm. have to like battle it out? Are there a lot of thinking like Quidditch, but with dragons? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my book is set in the midst of what can only be described as a seven way dragon war uh there okay. is a power vacuum in my book and people are vying to be the queen baby so uh yeah there's Lit heads, we'll just let book. you go now uh thanks for joining us <laughs> If you, there's so many other great episodes to listen to uh, uh, nonfiction we have a lot of nonfiction episodes uh ian what kind of dragon wars are in your book my my mine is less like a war or a competition oh. and more like a a desperate strife to to not be killed and eaten by the dragon killer got that's, it mm-hmm. that's pretty good well, Nick, speaking of dragon competitions, I brought a dragon competition with me today. If now would be an appropriate time. I did bring a dragon game. It's called <laughs> Know Your Dragon. Um, it is now a good time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. This is how Know Your Dragon works. There are a lot of dragons in pop culture, like true, true, more true, 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 true. dragons than you probably can think of in pop culture. 
The way this game works it is a lightning round style game in which I am just going to read through the clues. There's no need to buzz in. Just shout out the answer as soon Ooh. as you know it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe a dragon that I think you have a reasonable expectation of knowing. Litheads, feel free to play along. And as soon as you can think of the name of that dragon, the name? you just go ahead. The name of that dragon. Okay. Go ahead okay. and shout it out. This could okay. be tough. Joe, because I don't think I can name a single dragon. Yeah, most dragons wow, have names like Flenderoscopy. Let's try it. We might be wrong. Yep, that's absolutely. Okay. Um, Nick, are uh, you ready? I, and I just, no, secretly, secretly, mm-hmm. Lidheads, you don't know this, but secretly, Nick is actually a massive nerd. So I'm going to forecast. We've been trying to get betting kind of engaged with, with this mm-hmm. show. I'm going to go ahead and bet the over under. Uh, Bet both the over and the under that Nick is going to win this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right, when you know the answer, just shout it out. This is the last great dragon to exist in Middle Earth. Smog. This fire drake sits atop the horde. Shout it out when you know it. Smog. Smog. Smog is correct. This orange dragon, that's a point for Ian. Keep track of your own points. This orange dragon is the final form of Charmander. Charizard. Charizard, good. Born in the Dothraki Sea, named for Daenerys' dead husband, this is the Dragon Queen's favorite of her three dragons. Drogon. Damn it. Drogon is the correct answer. This pint-sized, fast-talking, self-absorbed Chinese dragon from a Disney movie is the self-appointed guardian of Mulan. I should know this when I teach Mulan. Aladdin. You teach Mulan? This magic dragon lives by the sea and frolics in the autumn mist in a land called Honoli. Puff is the correct answer. Yes, I was waiting for Puff. Creepy ass dragon. This creepy ass dragon gives great advice and flies with his ears. He has a graceful, elongated body. His whole body is covered in albino, light, downy, soft fur, and he features elegantly shaped paws and a tail. It's the never ending story dragon. Yeah, do you know his name? Oh, no. We were looking for Falcor um, in one of the scariest moments in all of Disney. This black and purple massive dragon is actually this which transformed. She's only defeated when the good fairies catch and enchant- cast enchantments on Aurora's true love. Prince Philip's sword of truth, which he throws into her heart. The lit heads are screaming. We have no idea. <laughs> yeah, this is Maleficent, the bad guy from Sleeping Beauty. Um, just a couple left. This young purple dragon is the protagonist of a PlayStation game first released in 1998. His name rhymes with something you might Spyro. call a person who... Spyro, good. Um, Gideon. Oh, man. You didn't see Spyro coming. The (laughs) seven-headed dragon is the only dragon in the Dungeons & Dragons pantheon of gods. Tiamat. The correct answer is Tiamat. Thank you. And for the final point. (laughs) really nerdy. (laughs) (laughs) For the final point, this large cartoonish dragon appears when Pete flees his abusive parents. He can turn invisible. 1977, the film came out. Pete. Eh. We were looking for Pete's dragon. Uh, the oh, the, the yeah, name of the Pete's dragon, dragon is Elliot. He did. He did. did he didn't have a name. Uh, Elliot. He had the name Elliot. I would have never gotten that. You though, would have so accepted would have Pete's accepted, dragon. I would have accepted <laughs> Pete's dragon. So you got um, you got Smog. You got Charizard. You got Drogon. Did you get Mushu from Mulan? No, no you got that. I don't no, think so. One point to Joe. 
Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm also going to take a point for Toothless the Dragon. I did not read that clue. Um, Tiamat, uh, Iangat, Spyro, Maleficent, you missed. Puff the Magic Dragon. And Falcor is the name of the weird dog dragon in the never-ended story. So, Joe, you have 30 seconds to tell me what your book is about. Absolutely. Nick, this book has it all. A dragon queen, an indestructible city that is the last bastion of mankind, dragon castles, dragon art, dragon food, dragon cooking, dragon riding, dragon killing, both the killing of dragons and dragons killing other things. In short, Nick, this is by far the dragoniest book I have ever read. It follows three characters. One wants to kill a dragon, one is best friends with a dragon, and one's dad is the only known dragon slayer in the world. They all have their own goals and pursue them, and their stories inevitably intertwine yeah that sounds that all sounded right you know what mm-hmm. i mean ian it sounded like a kind of extra to me yeah <laughs> it's a little a, extra. it's a lot yeah now that you mention mm-hmm. it ian it's your turn <laughs> how far would you go to find your home in dragon rider fire drake and his dragon family are being driven out of their <laughs> valley in the scottish highlands so fire drake sets off on an epic quest to find the original home of dragon kind a mysterious hidden valley called the rim of heaven Along the way, he's helped by a rat who's flying an airplane. He's chased by an alchemical dragon killing machine. And he meets the dragon rider, a human boy who might be the key to the dragon's survival. Books can just be just a lot of silliness. Am I right, guys? This book, my book spent 75 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list, which says to me, that's a long, it it hit number one in children's fiction. Like my my reaction, Nick, was very similar to yours. When I opened it up and I found the big boy was named Fire Drake, I, um, there may have been more, a little bit more groaning, but the fact is like, this is popular. So, you know, yeah, wow, people love it. Like weeks. People, Joe, how many weeks was yours on the New York Times um, bestseller list? Actually for list? A, quite a while. I don't think it was 75. I'm going to go ahead and see that it, that concede that it was not 75. Dragon Slayer best time. Yeah. I have no idea, but it was on the New York Times bestseller list. Get back to for, us, Joe. Um, In the meantime, why don't you step aside? all right ian yeah tell me absolutely everything about your book my book is a quest um and it it is it is it is modest in its aims it's refreshingly simple it's got dragons that you dragons that are kind of different from what you might be expecting and it's got a pretty good found family. Is this a kid's book? It's like, it's weird. It's it's 500 pages. It's not quite, it's, I mean, it's like maybe a, a chapter cha- book. Chapter book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. weird. It's, uh, the reason I'm hedging is because it's so much longer than a lot of the chapter books I've read. Look, if it's on the New York Times bestseller for 75 weeks, I have to imagine it's probably a pretty good story. So tell us about it. Yeah, it's a, it's a what, great story. What makes this book so good? What's so compelling? The, the story, the story simply, simply put as a quest that this dragon, your friend Fire Drake, and his found family are going to find the place, the 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 home, the place where dragons came from, the original home, because they're kind of living out in the world and things are bad. Um, this is set in the present day. These dragons live in in the modern day, and they are in Scotland, and their valley is going to be filled with water and turned into a reservoir. So they got to find a safe place to be, and the safe place okay. is home, the place, the the, the cradle of their civilization. And so the whole the whole book is them trying to get back there, trying to find it. There are there are shenanigans, um, but there the 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 relationships within this found family kind of grow and deepen and change. And um, we get some really kind of good, mild 
dragon lore, but not like intense dragon lore. And it's just, it's a very satisfying conclusion. It, I think what the reason this stuck around for so long is that it is a children's book and it doesn't set up to be too complex. It's an easy read. It has clearly defined good guys and bad guys. It doesn't try to say, here's the backstory of everything. We get some dragon backstory, but we don't have like, where does so-and-so come from? Where does this, how does this minor character relate to everything? Like there's a character in here who we're introduced to. And it's like, yes, this character doesn't have any parents. That's all you need to know about them. Could we say more? Yes, but we're not going to. This book gives you what you need. Does it move? It moves. It hops. It moves, baby. (laughs) There was a thing in movies maybe 30 years ago where you, you could go to a movie and you weren't seeing one installment in a massive cinematic universe. You weren't seeing something that set up for the next five movies and you weren't seeing something that had to have five TV shows background before you understood it. It's just trying to tell a good story and it does. Um, it has a beginning. Isn't that refreshing? It has a middle. It has an it end. Is nice. It is. It is refreshing. Another thing that's super refreshing about this book is that these dragons are closer to Chinese dragons than they are to European dragons. And this brings us to our okay. Hobbit fact of the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Hobbit fact. Ooh. I didn't know there was such a, a clear delineation. Our Hobbit fact. I'm, we're not going to do dragons without a Hobbit fact. Come on. Um, so in Tolkien, the dragons are the Euro style dragon. They're aggressive. They breathe yep. fire and they like, they want to eat you. They hoard gold. Um, but mm. in Tolkien, in, in Middle Earth, they're referred to as worms. So this, not dragons all the time. Sometimes they're called worms. Um, This is an old English word, worm, for dragon or creature, dragon-like creature. But the weird thing is that Chinese, the Chinese dragon kind of cult, thousands of miles away at the same, roughly the Mm -hmm. same time, was referring to good people as dragons and like losers, ignoble people as worms so tolkien uses worm as kind of like this 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 denigration of the dragon when you call a dragon a worm in tolkien it's kind of like downplaying the dragon and half a world away it has to be a coincidence um and and Mm -hmm. tolkien here is is here picking up on the the old english half a world away at the same time that the old english are using this word to kind of have this negative connotation the Chinese tradition is also doing the same thing. If you are a loser, you're not noble like a dragon. You're a crappy dragon. You're a you're a you're a, yeah, worm. You're a worm. You're a snake. You're a wisp. So that's pretty cool. The Chinese dragon culture is very the, the the Chinese image of a dragon. The dragon is very different from the European image. In Chinese myth, dragons are benevolent. They're good 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 old boys. Um, they dispense good fortune and good health. They are ancient, but they are neither malevolent, evil, or aggressive. Um, dragon fire in this book is healing. I feel like that fact is going to be perfect for somebody who's going to be on like Slumdog Millionaire one day. That's going to be just in their back pocket. You know, heads, know. <laughs> hey, I hear now I I disclaim all claim in your million dollars, which you win because I helped you. <laughs> I'm not going to come after you and say I'm, that's partially mine because I told you. However, Nick and I did facilitate this conversation, yep. so we will be taking I did my best lead heads. If you're a human being and you're scared of a dragon, like that's stupid. The book says dragons are cool. And the only kind of evil dragon in this story, the only scary carnivorous monstrous dragon is this kind of anti beast, anti dragon that chases our our heroes around the globe. This is really cool. 
we're used to kind of the aggressive, violent, and, and yes, breathing fire on people until they're burned to an ist. And there is, is yes, there is a certain draw to that. I like it. But this is another refreshing <laughs> thing about this book because it's like, it's a different, it, I, I didn't really know I could have a different take on dragons. I could see a different take on dragons, but this, you know, these are, this is a cool dragon. These are, these are like kind of noble mythic beasts. They're not, they're not going to chop your, bite your head off and then roast the rest of your body with a gout of flame. You guys want to talk about sports? <laughs> sports, sports, sports. It blows my mind how, like Ian, you're talking about like, this is on the bestseller list for 75 weeks. Like this is clearly popular with people. Like it's a good story. It's whatever. It blows my mind how a popular dragons are. Right. Like people freaking love dragons. They can't get enough of them. And B, how they continue to stick around. Like you think dragons would at a certain point become antiquated, outdated, you know, something like, you know, that we just don't care so much about anymore. Like you think of all the mythical creatures that are awesome. Like you think of like griffins or like that, that we don't care so much about. But people freaking love dragons dragons they can't get enough well at at a certain point they're dragon mad at a certain point you you start to wonder like are we dragging out um people talk about superhero fatigue (laughs) has this been dragging along i think okay (laughs) i i think i think you could you could talk about dragon fatigue one of the things i liked about this book is that i went into it expecting kind of the tropes and i got some interesting Mm -hmm. tropes being turned on their head Uh, one of my favorite parts about this book is the found family aspect. So we've got our main character. He's a dragon. And then there are a bunch of other people who kind of like little little um, other mythical beasts and, and a human who travel with him. Uh, sometimes when you're trying to do like this found family thing, it feels forced. But this one, this doesn't feel forced. The different characters in this found family are squabbling with each other they don't always get along they're different kinds of people there's one really fun character who starts off like straight up evil um he's spying on the group and gradually he becomes an accepted member of this found family the bonds between these people deepen and so as cool as the dragon fire and epic climaxes and things are I think the the way that these characters grow and change maybe that's what keeps you hooked in for 500 pages what is the story of this book? As I've said multiple times, yeah. There's um there's a dragon who's trying to find his way back to his ancestral his, home. And he's being His name is Fire Dragon. He's being chased by He's the main he's the main character. Yeah. 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 And then he's got he's got a, a little cluster of he's got a he's got a, a little cluster of people who kind of go along with him and and yeah. they they take this epic quest and there's danger and there's yeah. there's a djinn and yeah. But I think one of the reasons that's surprising, Nick, is kind of what Ian's talking about. Like, we are used to the dragons being antagonists. We are used to dragons being obstacles in Western literature. And like in Ian's book and in my book as well, to a point, like they are not like they are the in Ian's case, the main character of this book, the protagonist of this book. And that's something that's really hard to wrap your head around. Like it feels like it feels awkward, kind of. <laughs> like there's a twist coming. Yeah. Well, and it's weird because like if you told me I had to read a book where that the horse was a main character, right? And it was going to be from the point of view of a horse, <laughs> I'd be like, that sounds dumb. I don't want to read that. I don't but even when it's like a dragon, horses. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Got it. Um, I just have two more things to say about this book. The first is that the the main antagonist, who is just totally evil, um, is is incredible. 
Yeah. You get the sense that like he he's one of those antagonists that's basically invincible. He seems completely invincible, mm-hmm. and um, you you don't you have no idea how that he's going to be defeated. Um, he just he's unstoppable. He he seems um the term OP overpowered. He's just like he can do <laughs> he can he can teleport anywhere where there's water. He's just he's so so powerful, and there's there's no you you don't really expect. I mean, you know, your main character is going to he's got to he's he can't die because it's a kid's book and, you know, he's a main mm-hmm. character. But you're like, I don't know how this is going to end up. And it ends up in a really cool and um, creative way. But uh, he is this 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 um, this monster nettle brand. Um, he's just he's just just super evil. It sounds like a snack. Nettle brand. Yeah, like a, a nettle brand. Like maybe kind of a nasty yeah. knockoff snack. If I was a yeah. kid, reading yeah. this book, I would be terrified of nettle brand. I would. The picture, the pictures in this book are incredible. So, um, oh, now we're talking. Whoa. Oh. Cornelia Funke um, was, as I mentioned, a social worker for a few years, and then she went into illustration, and then she went into writing. Um, people refer to her as the German J.K. Rowling, not because of her political beliefs, but because of her impact um, on sort of like her her status in the German. Do they still call her that? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is she's she is Germ- Germany's Germany's J.K. Rowling. I mean, I guess. In terms of sales, awesome. probably J.K. Rowling is Germany's J.K. Rowling, but um, <laughs> but she's she's kind of got this market share. And like when she published, she published a series called Ink Heart, which you may or not may not be familiar with. She she's she's a huge deal. But she started off after quitting the social work job. Her next move was into illustration, and like she's a really good illustrator. She illustrated this, and um, the visual is key to the way the story works. There are a lot of vivid descriptions of places, atmosphere, and the pictures. Just help. So the imaginative work you're doing is a lot easier. This is just a this is just an yeah. easy, pleasant read. Oof, Joe. Does your book have pictures? My book has uh, a big picture on the cover. Okay. Well, that's put the good. picture on the cover. It's pretty cool. Gentlemen, we have a, a lithead recommendation here for next week from Grace, loyal lithead Grace. Thank you, Grace, for the queens of crime. The Queens of Crime. Have you ever heard of this? Have you heard about this? Uh, Jay Leno, what are you doing here? No, I have not heard of the Queens of Crime. <laughs> Pour some sugar it's on me. It's me, Jay Leno, to tell you all about the Queens of Crime, which mm-hmm. we had to all look up. Yep. I'll just read you what uh, the Google's telling me. Uh, so the golden age of British detective writing was dominated by four female authors uh, who became known as the Queens of Crime. Can you guess what these authors, who these authors were? Yes, you probably can. Uh, so Agatha Christie, Dorothy Sla- Sayers, uh, Marjorie mm-hmm. Allingham. Uh-huh. And what's the last a- one? Allingham. What's the last one, Nick? Josephine Tay. Nope. I don't, I don't think so. Is that what it says in your article, Nick? That's what it says that on the is, internet. Well, the ones that were... Uh, Agatha Christie, Dorothy Sayers, Marjorie Allingham, and Ian, I'm going to leave this last one to you. Ngayo Marsh? Ngayo? Yeah, Ngayo. Ngayo. I don't know. Ngayo. I'll find out by, by next week because uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and bring a book. I saw I saw this name which I didn't know. I know Agatha Christie and Dorothy Sayers well. I I've heard of Marjorie Allingham. I had never heard of Ngayo Marsh. So I'm reading uh, her what is widely believed to be her best book. It's called Clutch of Constables. And boys, it's really good. I'm having a lot of fun with this book already. I can't wait to talk about it next week. Awesome. And, you know, when you when you tell me I have to bring a queen of crime, I'm obviously going to bring the queen herself. I'm going to bring Agatha Christie. My biggest challenge this week was figuring out. So I've never read an Agatha Christie novel before. 
only challenge this week was figuring out the best one, like what the best Agatha Christie novel is. And guys, let me tell you, if you want to see some debate down the internet, Google that question. Uh, the one I ended up settling on for a variety of reasons were, and then there were none, which is um, one of her more popular, well-known novels. I'm excited to read it this week. Did you choose this because of its original name? Uh, it's original language, of course. And then there was. Well, we'll some. talk about it next week. What? No, it's all good. We'll talk about it next week. All right, we'll talk we'll about it. We'll week. talk about it next week. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Oh, you'll see. <laughs> I mostly chose it because it was like not 600 pages long. That was one of my criteria. It's <laughs> a good reason. Okay, Nick, I don't really know where to start mine. Um, Like Ian's, I guess, let me start off with some similarities mine has for Ian's. Uh, My book, like Ian's, is super long. My book, like Ian's, is also written for the... Mine is like a middle grade novel, so it's like 10 years old to 12 years old is about when you would read so it gets a blue sticker (laughs) yeah like it's it's a it's it's a little bit more my book uh you know how ian said his is like a one-off book my book is the opposite of that Uh um my author did not just write one 500 page dragon book as far as i can tell she's written something like 25 of them uh (laughs) and people nick absolutely love this book It has like 6,000 reviews on Amazon with an average of 4.9 stars. It has a ton of reviews on Goodreads at 4.5 stars. And for Goodreads, that's really, really good. Like that's insanely good. Um, The thing that people who like this book or who don't like this book tend to not like about it are that pretty much boils down to that there's not enough dragons in it. (laughs) (laughs) Where there is, and I quote one Joe Boat Holshue. A seven-way dragon mm-hmm. war. You're saying this this book doesn't yep. have enough dragon content. Better with it. This book, this book could really use more dragons, right? Um, so uh, to understand that, I have to tell you a little bit about the world that this book is set in and what most of her books are about. Okay, most of this author's books. You mean within um, this series? Within this, like twenty-four book, like panopoly i don't know the right word like panopoly this sprawling is fine. Yeah. series sure so all of her books and when i say her i'm sorry i should introduce the author it is two and the book would be sutherland great. yep it is two et sutherland um, also known as tt sutherland born in venezuela works as a children's book author and has written not just under her own name but under many many pen names Apart from writing these 500-page dragon books, she also is part of the crew that um, writes under the pen name Aaron Hunter and writes the um, the Seekers and Warriors series. Um, Ian, have you ever seen these? They're pictures that they're books that kids read that have like cats on the cover, and those cats like oh my gosh! Like I'm just I'm just like I'm I'm thunderstruck. So you're saying that she's written 20 books in this dragon series, but she also has multiple mm-hmm. other franchises currently going. Like what is, how does she produce, how does she edit her work? How does, oh my goodness. Yep. As far as I can tell. So I kind of think, I don't know this for sure, but I almost think she got hired. I wonder if Scholastic has like staff writers, right? Like staff writers for Scholastic. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the, the Sotomayor syndicate that just crank out books because she has written these, um, these seekers books, these warriors books, which are wildly popular. They give me animorphs vibes okay. do you guys remember animorphs okay. 
they give me Annabars vibes. Um, she's written all these freaking dragon books. She's written like a series of books about Little House on the Prairie, like set in the world of Little House on the Prairie. And then she's written these books for like, I think younger kids that are all like dogs getting into mischief, like dogs and dog problems, like the beagle that barked too loud and stuff like that, which is looks like it's set for like elementary school kids. Litheads, please do request these books and then just put a little note in that you want Nick to read them. <laughs> um, my favorite fact about her, apart from being like a badass author who's published a trillion books and must write about 600 pages a day. Um, in 2009, she appeared as a contestant on Jeopardy. She was a a two-day champion and won a grand total of $46,200. So well done to you. Not bad for two awesome. days of work. That's really good for two days. So she has this series of books set in this world. And for the most part, this series of books are the protagonists are dragons. And as far as I can tell, I read one of these Protagonist, yeah, I will from now on. As far as I can tell, the protagonists, um, (laughs) the protagonists are dragons, and as far as I can tell, the majority of the book is of their books are about like the political and like the geopolitical struggles between (laughs) different groups of dragons as they vie for power. Why not? Remember when when Star Wars the 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 prequel trilogy came out? It's like, all right, Mm -hmm. here we go. Let's see it. And it turned out this to be a be lot awesome. of like separatist trade negotiations and like trade embargoes. <laughs> I heard somebody say that they knew they were in trouble when the scroll for episode one talked about like tax treaties or something <laughs> like that. So I guess what I'm asking Joe is how much, how many, how many embargoes take place in your book? So in the series, I cannot speak to it. In my book, no oh. embargoes. And Ooh. my book is generally Ooh. kind of a, like a, romp stomp adventure novel is what's going on with my book for the most part my book follows three human characters which is unlike most of her other books so i think what's going on is like she has established this world that has all these dragons dragons are everywhere there's like mountain dragons and train forest dragons and underwater dragons uh, dragons everywhere There has been a dragon queen who has been killed. Like the queen of the sand dragons has been killed. Her treasure has been taken and it has created a tremendous power vacuum in the world of dragons. (laughs) (laughs) And there has been essentially like a civil war within the sand dragons for like her spot. And then of course, like people want to know where done that treasure gone and they are seeking it out, burning human villages, things like that to try. Try to find it. No, when you say people want to know, you're saying you mean dragons want to know. I mean, dragons want to know. I mean, dragon people. In general, when you say people in this book, you're referring to dragon people. Well, that's going to stop pretty quick. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So dragons have been looking for this treasure. And in looking for this treasure, they don't know much except that the dragon queen was killed by a man. And they thought that was kind of weird because in this book, they call human beings just scavengers. Um, they see them as prey like anything else. Like they aren't particularly different than like, you know, a, a deer or something like that. It's just something that the dragon would eat. But the humans are are a little bit odd because every once in a while they show up at their door with a sword and like try to steal from them. And then they just, it's, it's like DoorDash kind of like the food comes right to your door is how the dragons see it. Oh, uh. What? <laughs> so Joe is trying, what Joe is trying to say is the humans roll up with a sword saying, I shall slay you. And the dragon's like, nom, nom, yeah. nom, nom, nom. 
The dragon, dragon eats them. So dragons yeah. are bad in yeah, your Yeah, are these European so. dragons or Chinese dragons? The, okay, these are European dragons, but it is an empathetic view well, of European dragons. Like most of the dragons that we see, like they yeah they do eat humans but they have um like thoughts and feelings and families they create art they have architecture right like these are an advanced civilization of dragons that's all i'm going to say about dragons for the time being <laughs> that's what you think <laughs> i feel like i feel like if i had to give your presentation a review so far i would say it needs more dragons <laughs> My book does not follow dragons. Most of these books do. My book follows three different people as they make their way in this world of dragons. One of them is a girl whose village tried to sacrifice her to appease like the dragons that attack the village. She escaped. That's got to leave a chip on your shoulder. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep. She's not, she's not too pleased about That's it. Gonna, so she's been radicalized. Excellent. Keep going. Yep. Not only has she been radicalized, almost immediately after escaping, she finds a baby dragon of her own, uh, Daenerys Targaryen style, and um, is like the only human on the planet to be like friends with a dragon, right? Like she can speak to it. She eventually rides it. It grows up with her, etc. They go to the mall. They go to the mall. Do the dragons have their own special language? Or do they speak American? The dragons just nobody just nope, nobody. The bothers. dragons have their own special language. The dragons do have their own special language. It sounds like roars and uh, growls to everybody that yep. listens to it. But our girl learns to speak it. Ian, the third person is a translator. <laughs> <laughs> it's a robot. That's a dragon doesn't. book joke. Is this set in the mm-hmm. the real world, Joe? Like, what kind of world is this set in? Is this no, dragon no? It's set in like no. This is no, a the, nonfiction. Oh, oh. Okay. This is Dragon Planet. It's on its own moon, or it's not. It's on its own moon. It's a. This is Dragon Planet. It has its own map. Has there been uh, a dragon the, the world in space book? Pur- there ought to be. Maybe after we finish too many butlers, we there can write. Should be a space dragon, dragon. planet because. That would be a real um, balancing act to the dragon, you know, strength right. of a dragon. If, if everybody can fly. Oh, you're, you're talking not actually right. in space. You're not talking about. Oh, yeah. Dragons in space. I don't know that dragons could like use their wings in nope. space, though. They would just float like any other. Also, dragon fire would be off the table because dragon fire requires oxygen to combust, I imagine. What a rich dynamic, a rich, a rich vein Basically, for what we're doing is lore. we're taking away all the cool things about dragons and making them just big armored lumps. Anything cool about them. Uh-huh. Joe, did you introduce all your characters? Nope. I got through one of them. <laughs> I have two more. I can break off the other two relatively quickly. Um, the second just, one is do a that. boy. Yep. The second one's a boy. <laughs> it is. Remember that girl that got sacrificed? It is her brother, and he is super pissed about what he thinks is the dragon that ate her. He grows up training to be a warrior so he can kill dragons and avenge her death. So she wants to be friends with dragons. He wants to kill dragons. Those are the first two. A classic conflict. The final character. Just roll into the third one, Joe. 
The final character. Oh, okay. Joe, you're not going fast enough. Joe, just roll <laughs> right into it. Time here, bud. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the final character is a girl whose dad is known as the Dragon Slayer. He is the only <laughs> man in the world who has ever successfully killed a dragon. He is super famous. He is um, the lord of his little village, but he is world renowned. And there's some kind of fishy stuff about him. Like for a guy that has killed a dragon, he doesn't actually seem like he has that many details about what it's like killing a dragon. For a guy who's killed a dragon, he has big leathery wings and can breathe. It's just a dragon in a hat. That's the this twist. Is fascinating because I think, I think kind of one of the dragon fantasies is like, yes, we are puny human and they are bigger than us. But in a lot of dragon fiction, we can, we, we humans find ways to master the dragon. It's a fantasy of like mastery of a, mm-hmm. of a, of a hugely powerful creature. So this is a world where it's just like, no dude, logically they will wreck you 900 times uh, 999 times out of a thousand. So yeah. we're going to build a world where this, where this is real. I think it's really, it's a really cool way to. Yeah. Like, Hey guys, they're dragons. They, they're literally dragons. What do you think they're going to do? And like, it is funny in the book, how just, beneath consideration of the dragons humans are so like they show up at castles and try to steal treasures and the dragons like ignore them frequently like it's like if a mouse ran across you like you'd just be like oh that's that's inconvenient i should probably put out some traps do the humans just die a lot what's the body count like it's just a lot of death being a human in this world is very, very dangerous. High um, right? <laughs> yeah, they're like one of the characters, like that guy who like the dragon slayer. He basically has abandoned their village and he has brought his entire village into a cave system underground and they never emerge except to hunt a little bit. And they have these people that are called sky watchers that just like keep their eye on the sky the whole sky time. Sky watchers. But yeah, that's oh. good. Yeah, it's good. So that's it. These three characters kind of all have their own goals. They all have their things that they want. They kind of plot, plot, plot their way through 500 pages of this book until they meet at what is, I think, from what I can tell in the dragon world lore, an incredibly important event, right? Like in the world of these 25 books that has been told before from the point of view of the dragons, but now gets told from the point of view of the characters who who were the catalyst for that event the humans who were the catalysts that was a really confusing sentence was it i thought the dragons were the protagonist or the the humans were the protagonist the humans are the protagonist in this book in the other 24 books the dragons are the protagonists where does this book lie in the series and don't you have to read some of those other ones (laughs) oh boy um it seems like she publishes these in like series of five so she'll publish five books that are kind of meant to go together not on two trilogies that's all i have to say that's all i have to say about the plot of this book there were things i liked about it so it sounds like you liked it it sounds um, like there's 24 more books in your future. Well, let's just relax. <laughs> um, I thought this book was, there are things I did like about this book. It is meant for 10, 10, 10 11, 12 year olds. It was a breeze to read. The chapters were super cliffhangery. They kept you moving forward. The tone of this book was kind of great. I feel like a lot of times dragon stuff is like, takes itself yeah, very yeah. seriously. Heavy. It's heavy, like it it establishes lore. But this book was like, it was engaging. 
It was playful. It was lighthearted at times. Like at a certain point, they have to distract a dragon. So one of the characters like dances and like is like silly in order to distract the dragon so that they can, you know, do something else in the room at the same time, which would never happen in Tolkien. Like that would be ridiculous. Um, there were parts of it that were super funny, um, like especially the human dragon interactions, like parts of it were like kind of sweet. It had a lot of charm. I don't think it was for me. Like, I don't think this book is like meant for the 38 year old English teacher. I do think this would be a good like yeah. little nerds first dragon book is what I think this would be for. Right. Like the aspiring <laughs> nerd, the budding nerd wants to read a dragon yeah. book. This is something you give to your fifth grade son. Right. Your fifth grade daughter. Like as he's like, what's going on with all these dragons? You're like, oh, let me tell Before you. Before you beat them up. Right, Joe. That's right. <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome to Tiffany's, a safe place for you to tell me all the bad things about your books without it being held against you. Joe, you already went. Ian, would you like to go? Yeah, I said this book doesn't have a lot of backstory, and uh, maybe I've been trained by books to want more backstory, but I, I wish there were more backstory. At the Dragon Academy. Yeah. 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 Joseph, I feel like you really sell, sold your book. Great mm-hmm. energy, etc. Mm-hmm. But Ian's had pictures. That's so, great. Joe, you lose. That's fair. As always, Nick, you are wise and just. (laughs) Cut the baby in half. (laughs) All right, Lidheads, um, you know what to do. We're on social media everywhere that you would expect us. Um, The if you want to suggest a theme, if you want to suggest a book, if you want to suggest all uh, two books and a theme, head oh. on over to you don't know that podcast.com, suggest a theme, suggest a book, request a sticker, tell a bookish friend. I feel like I'm missing something important. Nah, it mustn't be too important. It tell a bookish have been friend that, that important, Joe. <laughs> nope. Roar like a dragon. Uh, congratulations yeah. to Roar like a dragon. uh, dragons, really. Dragons are the real winners this week. I'm going to read a mm-hmm. section from. A chapter early in the book. This is our first introduction to the main the main villain. Um, one of the high points of this book. The prophecies refer to him as the Golden One. This is the first time we see him. The castle near where Fire Drake had landed by mistake was a sinister spot, and far more dangerous for a silver dragon than for a few mountain dwarves. Its occupants took no more interest in dwarves than he did in spiders or flies but he had been waiting for a dragon for more than 150 years. Rain had long ago eroded the castle walls. The towers were in ruins, the stairways overgrown with thistles and thorn bushes. But that didn't bother the castle's owner. His armor protected him from the rain, cold, and wind. Nettlebrand, the golden one, lay in the deep, damp vaults far underground, longing for the return of the good years when the castle roof was intact and he enjoyed chasing the only prey he liked to hunt, silver dragons. Nettlebrand's own scales still shone like pure gold. His claws were sharper than splinters of glass. His teeth had a keen cutting edge, and he was mightier than any other living creature. But he was bored, consumed by boredom. It made him wild and savage, more ferocious than a chained dog and so bad-tempered that he had long ago eaten most of his servants. Only one of them was left, a spindly little mannequin called Twigleg. Day in, day out, he polished Nettlebrand's armor, 
dusted the spines on his back, cleaned his gleaming teeth, and sharpened his claws. Day after day, from sunrise to sunset, Twigleg worked while the golden dragon lay in his ruined castle, hoping one of his countless spies would bring him the news he had been waiting for for so long. News of the last dragons, so that he could go hunting again. <laughs>